Hey, Res Church family. This is Pastor Daniel here, and I have Elder Don with me. Elder Don, say hi. Hello, everyone. Hey, and we are here for another Fireside Chat. Um, you know, let's start with uh, this. Uh, Don, you and I have talked about this. I think we we talked a lot about it uh, driving back from our elder retreat uh, a while back, but you're, you're kind of, I would call you a bit of a music junkie. A little bit, yes. Yeah, yes. You, like, because we're driving back and we, a song will come on and you start telling me like, an entire story, right? You know, behind the song, and I don't even know the title of the song. <laughs> what, how did you get there? What, what, where did that passion grow? I don't know. I just love music. I was I was recently at a venue where they there was a tribute band for Bob Seger, and they were talking about how um, old time rock and roll is the all time number two jukebox hit, hmm. most often played on jukeboxes, which some people. Probably don't even know what they are. But what a jukebox is? Yeah, you put some change in a, in What's a machine. Yeah, these coins. Oh, yes, you okay. put them in a machine and it'll play a record, right? So, But uh, the guy hosting the venue asked the crowd who the number one most often played song on a jukebox was in the history of jukeboxes. And it was Patsy Cline's Crazy. Wow. And some people don't know who Patsy Cline is or what crazy is, but... I mean, I'm married. I know what crazy is. So, yeah, I think we all really do know. But, but early early stages of marriage, you understand, like, man, I got into this willingly. Like, wow. But so, and uh, it's it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but I can recall lyrics from songs over decades from several different uh, genres. But sometimes when I sit down with the Bible, I struggle to memorize the scripture. Mm-hmm. So I have to work even harder at that. But yeah, I think I need to put music to the scriptures to... Allow myself to memorize it easy. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I don't know. it just fills my head. Unfortunately, all those lyrics. Or fortunately, I mean, yeah. a blessing, right? Yeah. Uh, we have uh, over the course of the year been talking through our uh, res values that we rolled out at the beginning of the year, and uh, just having elders jump in to fireside chats and kind of talk through this with us and get their perspective. And so, I want to take a look at our first. Uh, value of what we call a description of a gospel culture. And that is the value of identity. I'll read you this statement and we'll just kind of talk about it for a minute. It says, believers are God's treasured possessions, sons and daughters of the King. We must realize this new identity by living dynamic spirit-led lives with entirely new priorities and standards. Uh, why is identity, uh, well, first and foremost, I guess, why is it the first one? And then also, why is it worthy of being something that we, you know, we almost build the church around? I mean, we're, 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 we're making this a core value of the entire church. Why, why is it so important? Well, I think it's important because we're redeemed free from the bondage of sin. Mm-hmm. We have access to God and it, we're chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Holy Spirit. There's a big responsibility that comes mm, with that. Mm. So I think when we acknowledge that, that that's who we are in Christ, and it's not about what we do for a living, or it's not about where we live, or our family, or anything else. It's really who we are in Christ. And uh, it can just be taken for granted, or it can be addressed as a big responsibility and what am I going to do with that? Yeah, I as someone that grew up as in church, so I grew up as a pastor's kid, and I and I grew up in church my whole life. I can't ever even remember a time growing up where we weren't in church uh, multiple times a week. 
it, it's interesting to me because, you know, I think of identity as being something that, like, there's there's a learning process after you come to Christ of realizing that a lot of what you learned about how to do life is wrong. It came from the world. Sure. And, um, but, but there's a counter side to that too, which is that, like, I grew up in the church, and yet a lot of what I learned about identity was wrong. Mm-hmm. Because even growing up in the church, I— I thought that a lot of identity was actually based on essentially moralism. Yeah. You know, how righteous I looked, how how I looked at church and how I looked at and did certain things, um, checked these boxes or looked a certain way um, in front of other people around church because that's that's what I saw. And, you know, for good or for bad, that's a lot of what yeah. I saw in the church. And so identity is neither of those things. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's... It, Identity in Christ is so new and so different. It's not moralism, it's not faux righteousness, yeah. um, but it but it is new to someone that's come to Christ from the outside world. It, it's it's different. It's a different life. Yeah. And I've experienced in talking with uh, so many people as they've come to Christ that that even their logic, like how they would break down a problem or approach right. something. Yeah. Is just it's not like I'm like no that's still worldly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's interesting. It's not oh gosh we have to back up yeah. further you know yeah. because identity is at, is such a core. Um, when you think about life before Jesus and life now, did you at all struggle with with this idea of identity that that you were a new creation? Was that a, was that a struggle for you? Oh yeah, totally. And uh, I remember when I came to Christ that I just. I needed a whole new set of friends for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I just uh, I just remember the like who am I in Christ and and I was under the idea that okay this is kind of boring and dull and this is not as exciting as my life prior to this. But I knew something was missing and I totally embraced what Christ had done the finished work on the cross but but the idea uh this just popped in my head Daniel this is weird but uh in a, a sermon uh, that I shared not long ago, we talked about how you can have an exciting, fulfilling, spirit-filled life, or you can be in control. Yeah, it's your choice. Yeah, and and I think that's what we're talking about here. Is that, is it what we want to do, or is it what we're called to do? Embracing uh, the future that we're not sure is what it's going to be like, but to be obedient, to be open-minded, to be used is going to produce an exciting, fulfilling, spirit-filled life. Well, and it, so I'm, I'm discipling that guy right now who's walking back to the Lord after having having run away for a while. And so uh, he's dealing with the devastation in various stages of his life that he created mm-hmm. um, in relationships, in employment, in, in each of these areas. And so it, it's interesting that on the way back, as much as he, he wants to do right and to follow the Lord, um, he also wants control of every one of those situations. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, at each stage, I, I have to remind him, hey, God, God's at work and our job is uh, to be faithful to the Lord and to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and then have faith that God is, is doing things. And, and I, I'm, not, I'm not laughing at him because he's dumb. I'm laughing at him because I see myself oh, yeah. wanting to put my hands on it. And I'm, I want control. Yeah. Yeah. But at the center of an identity in Christ is this idea that you have a king and you're not in charge. Right. Because kings don't make suggestions. Right. And and we live these obedient lives that we're meant to be pretty vibrant. Yeah. Pretty, pretty amazing. 
And, and you know, I would say this, the most mature Christians I know are not the most like stolid, rev- reverent, yeah. you know, deep people. They're really joyful, excited, happy, yeah. vibrant people. Yeah. And I and I, I think it's part of that is obviously the work that, that God's done in their heart, but part of that also is is following the Holy Spirit is pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. It's dangerous. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Like throwing your raft in the Kern River right about now, you know. You never, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a that's a good analogy. Um, yeah, it's pretty powerful thing, and you don't have control. You just have faith that uh, God is good. Yeah, and you follow, and it gets pretty wild yeah, at times. It yeah, certainly does. Well, I would say part of the wildness, my own observation, is simply that we love comfort, mm-hmm. and God has to root us out of that oftentimes, right. which probably feels more wild than it truly is. Um, you know, our perception is probably that at times it's completely out of control and all we mean is we aren't controlling it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that might be part of it. So tell me uh, for you, Don, how do you personally work on living a spirit-led life? What does it look like for you to stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit and and follow his lead? I think I just need to slow down at times because... I'm not unique in people being very busy with their lives. And between family and church and work, we can just get so caught up with everything that's going on that we don't slow down long enough to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to hear God's, you know, leading, guiding, and directing us in all that we do. If if we if we're gonna just be in control let our calendar drive everything as opposed to, I know you get up early, early in the morning. I know there's a quiet time where you're just like with God. And um, it's, it's listening to a podcast when you're taking a shower or whatever it is, but you're just spending time with God. If you do that early in the morning, you're more likely to allow the spirit to work in your life. It, you can't cram it in at the end of the day. At you 10 can't. o'clock at night. And, and I would even say there's not a, for me, there's not even one specific recipe. There's some stuff that's been successful. Right. Oh, and I try to repeat those things. But it, it doesn't always, it's not always the same thing. Today, I had enough time uh, because I'm not preaching on Sunday. So I had a little more time and, uh, and I knew I was going to have a late night. And so I wanted to just take a few hours this morning. I did have to get up early and do some stuff. Yeah. But then I had a gap, you know, right. and I was like, I want to use this to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And so I had a book um, that I, I wanted to prep for, for, you know, months from now. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not in a rush. I just, I have a, and I ended up getting, you know, like, like four lines into the the prelude or the, the foreword and going, mm-hmm. and, and God's just kind of talking to me through that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, I underlined something, I had to put it down and I made it, you know, yeah. four lines, I got four sentences. Yeah. I haven't made it anywhere, but God's talking. I'm like, well, let me, I have space. I, I'm not rushed. The whole reason I'm taking time, so I had to put that down and just think about that for a while. Um, and I wouldn't call myself a deep thinker. I mean, I'm not sitting around right. all the time going, "Oh, I want to ponder things." I'm not. Right. I typically just kind You're of not in a the rush. wonder guy, right? I, I'm, I'm kind of a guy. I'm analytical. I'm in a rush, yeah. and I'm and I have to learn to not be that at times. So I can hear the Lord, you know. And I made another paragraph or two, and I had to put it down again. And I go, "Man, God is so." Over the course of a, just a couple pages, I don't even know if I made it to chapter one. I think I got through the forward and the prelude mm-hmm. or something. God is just doing all this work and talking to me about some stuff. And I'm like, oh man, oh, I got to stop again. Oh man, I got to stop again. 
Um, and I, that's good. Like I'm, I'm being interruptible mm -hmm. because if you're, if you can't be interrupted, then how's the Holy Spirit get your attention? Right. If you can't be interrupted, how does he change your path when you're on the wrong path? Like you have to, you, you got to bake that in somewhere, I think. Um, There's nothing more dreadful than having a revelation in your mind that, hey, I just missed a divine uh, moment, uh, a, a divine appointment because I was too busy. And and I I could have had this conversation with this person. It wouldn't have taken that long, you know, but I'm on a schedule and I've got to go. And we're never... We should never think of ourselves as so important that we don't have time to talk to somebody if they have a question. Well, it's, it's so interesting, you know, because I do believe that oftentimes what will what we rec what we see if we're paying attention and you you pay attention when you when you have time when you have some margin mm -hmm. you've hopefully you've built into your schedule is when someone is when God's beginning to do a work in someone um, you 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 will see the signs of it simply I think let me put it this way. God shows them to you, whether you're paying attention or not right. is yeah. kind of the up in the air part. So, so the other day I'm, I'm at the gym and, um, I'm, I'm in a habit now of kind of asking people in the gym, like, hey, where do you, where do you go to church? You mm -hmm. know, like, and, and I'll, and I want to engage them on more than that. So I'll ask them something like, what did your pastor preach on Sunday? Like, what, what was your lesson? What did you learn? Right. I want to engage them a little bit. Right. And, um, because I think that's a, a good thing in general, but I, I get to uh, a guy and I ask him that and he says like, oh, I go to such and such a church. And then he adds just a, a really interesting statement at the end, right? All I asked him is, hey, where do you guys go? He tells me, he goes, but we're not really involved. We're not connected. And he leaves it and he, go, and he walks away, you know? And I- Just leaves it dangling out well, there. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, to me, I went, that's an interesting statement. You know, and I had to ponder that for a second. Like, why would someone say that? And I was like, I, I think that is, I think that's God showing me that there's, he's at work there mm -hmm. and I need to go step into that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I didn't want to step on toes if he's part of another church body or something. You know, I'm, I'm, all I got is that little statement, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, my wife and I have a small group in our home. Would you, would you like to join us? Yeah. And uh, that he was like, yeah. And so since that point, that was a couple weeks back. Uh, come to small group twice with his wife and showed up at our church and found out that they really, really weren't going to right. so the church. And at the first time I talked to him, when they showed up a group, I thought, it's a, it's a secular guy. He didn't have any of the right words. You know, he doesn't know any of the words. So I get, yeah. This guy's not a church guy. He doesn't know. But the second time, when he started to talk about some prayer requests, I went, oh, God's at work. Yeah. I saw, I could see, I, I was yeah. paying attention, right? I'm right. going, <gasps> I can see God working right now and pursuing. And so, and all of that, all of that was simply trying to create enough space and enough attention to pay attention yeah. and see God's at work. And, and I could have missed all that by being busy. Yeah. So easily. And it'd be easy to make assumptions or draw conclusions if somebody says, uh, we're not really connected. Is that like, I don't want to talk about this anymore? Or is it, man, I'd really like to be connected, I think. I'd like to be in community. I'd like to, who knows? But until you follow, until you slow down long enough to hear what they're saying and ask more questions, you well, don't really know where they're at. And and regardless of what God will do in this person and this marriage, this family's life, all that stuff, which, which I hope will be amazing. 
I would have missed the blessing of having been encouraged by going, by God revealing to me how much he's chasing this guy. He's doing a work here. Like I, I had left that second meeting, uh, the small group going, oh, like in awe, like reverent mm-hmm. awe, like, oh man, do I see God working? Yeah. Like, oh, can I see how how awesome that is? And I, I'd have missed all of that in my life. God encouraging me through his work in, in people that are potentially far from him because I was busy. Oh, man. He's not boring. He's not a boring guy. No, not at all. No, no. He's powerful, but he ain't safe. Yeah, that's so true. And he has long legs, I heard my pastor say. (laughs) (laughs) He does, he does. (laughs) Well, um, Elder Don, thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, Church, thank you for spending time with us and uh, and listening. We hope this encourages you and helps you to better understand our church values. Until uh, next time, may the Lord bless you.